So I'm uh, re I'm recording this on some uh, hotel Wi-Fi. So hopefully, hopefully this <laughs> hopefully this works. I I didn't take too many notes either because that first half was just too insane. There was nothing to really take from other than some of the rotations I thought were really horrible. So so, so we'll get into it. It's also one of those games where you just want to like kind of sit back and enjoy it too. You don't yeah. wanna, oh, you don't want to over you know work yourself during that game because I. I that was one of the most entertaining basketball games I've ever seen. Um, just the drama and the star power and yeah. the near catastrophe that was for the Lakers and everything else associated with that. That was just an unbelievably entertaining basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> two legends, two legends going at it. So we got two legends who, who went back and forth. I don't know what you, I don't know what Adam Silver could have asked for more than that. Yeah, I, I agree, man. It was, it was, it was, you know, I cannot say enough about how good Steph is. And I want to be clear about this from the, from the beginning here, because, you know, when everyone's healthy, I think LeBron is, is, is a, a small fraction better than Steph is, uh, even at his age. Yeah. But I thought that Steph was the best player on the floor tonight comfortably. I thought that, uh, um, that his run that he took them on in the fourth quarter after the Lakers kind of grabbed control of that game was unbelievable. And I just, I, I, he has an inevitability to him. Like when he, when he kind of shook his head there on the bench in that little scene, right before the timeout, yeah. it, you do, you're just like, uh Oh, <laughs> like, like, he's, he's coming. Like you and you knew he was, there was no chance he was going to check into that game and just, and just, you know, disappear, you know, like it was just, he was going to have an imprint and he damn near stole it. And I, I have so much respect for him. I think he's the second best player in the world. And I think he's one of the 10 best players of all time. And I just can't say enough good things about Steph Curry. Yep. He was absolutely amazing. Him and Draymond were absolutely amazing today. Mm -hmm. so they, they deserve their credit. Um, welcome everybody to the state of the Lakers post game show to hang out with Raj and I, we already kind of sort of started, um, man, I, I don't even know where to start with this one. I, I suppose, <laughs> I suppose we can start. By the way, we're hoping to uh, be joined uh, uh, by our Maple. friends. Oh, Maples is here. Yeah, Maples, Maples here? up here. I'm here. What's good with y'all? Man, are you on, okay? Man. Are you okay right now? Are you are you are you <laughs> feeling good? What's the deal? Man, I, I'm gonna say this. First of all, I, I respect the Warriors. Just a tough, gritty team. Like that was that's the first thing. But I am holding on to that. The Lakers should have won that game by ten to fifteen points. That oh, yeah. that first half, the one, the rotations, and the minute distribution in the lineups, and then two, they just came out like it was a preseason game. Like, but I do, mm -hmm. the, but I have to give the Warriors credit. Like you said, Steph was off the chain. Man, that that he he's just like I said, it's probably the two best players in the world. Like you said, but I hope. You, you can't play with Phoenix like that in, in the first round, man. With 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 the with the drumming thing, we got to talk about this drumming thing, man. That that's that's not going to work against uh, the Suns, bro. It's it's just, it's just not. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Before before we hit on Drummond, uh, is Tommy here as well? Yeah, I have him up here too. Tommy, yeah. what's up, man? What, what's your what's your current state of mind? I mean, I'm obviously disappointed because the Warriors were winning for most of the game or a good portion of the. game game I should say but we were kind of playing with found money anyway um they're gonna be tired going back up home and having to play the Grizzlies but I'm confident we can beat those guys um and it, it just it was you know it was one of those games man where 
I didn't really feel like anybody lost. The Lakers just won. They made more plays down the stretch. LeBron obviously hit a crazy shot. And um, if, if I could say one thing about the Warriors, I tweeted at halftime, hey, if they get sloppy with the ball, the Lakers are going to be right back in this thing. And lo and behold, they had like nine turnovers in the third quarter. Steph and Draymond both had six turnovers. And if anything, that was the difference in the game. They got sloppy with the ball and the Lakers turned it into points on the other end. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I thought that was AD's biggest impact in the second half uh, was in the uh, defensively, especially when he shifted to the five, getting him involved in those screen and roll actions. And that's something that drove me nuts throughout this entire season was, you know, it's not just about AD offensively having space to operate. It's about the fact that having that ridiculous, freaky defensive player involved in those screening actions just makes it that much harder to get to get anything open. Um, yeah, he, uh, he he neuters he neuters the Steph Draymond pick and roll in a way that no other player in the entire league can. Literally, yeah. he blows that because th- he's able to contest the pass the pass on Steph, and he can still get back to Draymond and cut off his passing angles, not let him finish at the rim. Um, and then you know I thought Draymond won that matchup pretty easily in the first half, but like you said, AD was phenomenal in the second half. He was everywhere on both ends. So he, I mean, I I thought if Draymond kept playing like that, they would win going away. But AD played amazing in that second half yeah they mm-hmm. they they sat drumming that opened up it opened, <laughs> it opened up the floor that's it was it was I man I, I put all these tweets up before the guys like this game can be over early or the lakers can make it tough get off one decision they decided to keep jumping out there the game started off exactly as i thought it would and then they just stuck with it stubbornly and the warriors got a lead their role players had life and it was a uphill fight the rest of the game it's just so predictable. And then you, you, the other thing is Looney, Looney is tailor-made for Marcus Gasol, right? And Marcus sitting there on the bench while Looney is just kicking Drummond's ass on the glass. And, and, and all first half, it's, it's just, it was just very frustrating. And that's why, like, I don't want to make Warrior fans mad, but the, the game should not have been, dude, that, that, there's so much stuff tactically that the, that the Lakers just – we're screaming for the Warriors here. Come steal this game. We'll play for the eighth seed. It was, it was just ridiculous, in, in my opinion, to start the game out. Raj, what did you think? What did you think of the Drummond strategy there in the first half? Yeah, I mean, I, I, Vogel kind of said he would go to it, right? I expected Drummond to play, and I expected him to like start that second half. Um, and like we we scapegoat Drummond a lot. Like I thought on defense he was okay. Like their their idea was to really go at Steph, right? Like to really trap him, not let him get up that many three point shots that he got got up against Memphis. Um, he hit six threes tonight, but still, like I thought they did a good job kind of running him off the line. Now that Drummond was a part of that, I thought like him playing plus AD being that passive, Draymond getting into his head, right? Like getting AD to like really go at Juan Toscano Anderson, like. Like Anthony Davis had a really tough first half. I think that really like really piles on to Andre Drummond messing up with the spacing, LeBron not being himself. Um, but then they went away from that in the second half. Look, this team goes to 80 at the five, and that's pretty much the answer for any team. Like I don't think any team has really solved that. It's just clear 80 doesn't want to do that full time, and it looks like he didn't want to do that until it really mattered tonight either. So that's what I thought from the Drummond minutes. I thought he was okay defensively. Offensively, it is what it is. If 80's not hitting his jumper or being aggressive, it's going to look bad. Uh, against any team so tommy how did you feel about the ad drummond matchup excuse me the ad ad draymond matchup specifically ad on offense uh uh coming into this game and were you surprised at all that he psyched out ad as much as he did it was the least surprising thing about the game to me um we were talking about it in a in um 
one of our Warriors discords before the game. And I said, look, he, he, Draymond's going to be amazing tonight. Um, and in that first half, he was. I, he typically does an incredible job of shutting down AD in isolation, and he did that again tonight. Um, I thought maybe he ran out of, out of gas a little bit in that second half just because he played so hard in that first half. Maybe the hardest I've seen him play since the 2019 finals, honestly. Like that, that's the type of effort he brought, and he definitely, I think, wore down a little bit. Um, but no, I wasn't surprised by it at all. That, that's who Draymond is, man. He's a gamer. He always shows up in the big moments. And like I said, he got sloppy with the ball, but he gave us, I think, everything that I was expecting tonight. I would obviously like a little bit more scoring, but the defense was incredible. The playmaking, for the most part, was incredible. Um, they just came up short. And I think, I think the biggest thing is where you really see where the Warriors miss Clay is when Steph is getting doubled and he passes Draymond in the short roll. There's so, the windows are so much tighter to make those secondary reads. Uh, when, when a Baysmore is cutting, when a Wiggins is cutting, you don't have that extra space on the weak side, whereas that used to be there. And, you know, it's an easy dunk for Iggy. Looney has more space because Looney takes 11 seconds to get off the ground and finish the layup. As much as I love Loon, Loon's, Loon's amazing. He does a ton of incredible things. But that those little windows um, that Clay provides, or even, you know, KD, obviously, when he was there, um, when those guys were cutting from the backside, those just aren't there anymore. And Draymond has more turnovers this year as a cause of that because his windows are just tighter when he's making those reads. Yep, I 100% agree. Like, you know, you know what was so funny was – you know, I don't think you could have scripted a better start to that game for the Warriors in the no. way that things were going. If you look at it right from the start, it was like abundantly clear on the first AD post up like, oh, he's not going to be able to go past him. <laughs> you know, like it's like <laughs> he's, this is going to be a, a turnaround fadeaway kind of game, it, like right away on the first possession. And then by the by the first time out. The LeBron and AD had a couple of attempts at the rim, but they were, I think one of them was an offensive rebound put back from LeBron. And then another one was like a couple of passes to AD where he was kind of shooting near the rim, but it was when he was surrounded by bodies and nothing was open. And you're like, okay, there's no driving lanes. So there's no driving lanes. AD can't post up Draymond. And then LeBron was missing like kind of some easy bunnies. So you're like, okay, LeBron looks rusty. And, and then on the other end, uh, Steph wasn't doing anything, but the, 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 the Lakers were devoting so much attention to him. The Warriors were still getting good looks and the Warriors role players were making shots. And I think, I think they had 10 threes in the first half. And so the, the, like, as far as the start of that game was going, it was as it, it, for the record, it was exactly how a lot of Laker fans predicted a lot of Laker fans predicted, including myself and Raj at length in the preview, we were like, Drummond's going to play. The Warriors are a fantastic defense they're going to uh, kind of shrink the floor on the Lakers and they're going to have trouble scoring. And that's exactly what happened. Couple that with the Warriors role players making shots and all of a sudden you're down 13. And then, and then they did go to AD at the five a little bit there in the second quarter, but then Steph got going. And that's that to, to Maples's point, that's the dangerous game you play when you, you know, kind of shave points, so to speak with your strategy is you put the stuff that's out of your control like the unbelievable brilliance of Steph Curry and you put that in play as something that can swing the game and it didn't, but it damn near did. And to me, that was the dangerous part. I agree. I think, I, I think, I think that the Lakers uh, are, are, had they attacked it with AD at the five throughout would have been probably a, a seven or eight point favorite and probably won the game by 10 to 15 points. Yeah, man, I agree. Like, I find myself just, again, the frustration, man, with this the game plan. There's, that five-game winning streak, 
they just went away from everything that got them that five game winning streak. That's what the frustrating part was. Just watching that as a fan, it's like you're not doing anything that made you successful since you got all these guys back. Correct? There's no West minutes. You know what I'm saying? It's too many, too big, too too big lineups. But the second half we did adjust. There was there was way less trash. There was way less drumming. They opened the floor up. I think LeBron got a little loose um, with the and one early in the third quarter. And there's another big play I, I mentioned was the, the Warriors looked like they were about to open up the game. I think Caruso takes the ball from Steph, and he finds uh, West for a three. So instead of like possibly going down by 15, the lead uh, goes down to nine. I thought that was a big turning point. Uh, and that was the play of the game in my mind. That was the play of the game right there. Now, I thought that was I thought yeah, that was Steph and Draymond both moment. had the ball. They turned it over. Yeah, so that was, that, in my opinion, that was probably the turning point. Uh, play of the game. Also, a shout out. We haven't mentioned this guy, but Caruso was just fucking incredible uh, in that game uh, all around. He was unbelievable. Caruso was yeah. unbelievable. He was unbelievable. I, I just, just probably like I, I was outside the star players, he probably give him the game ball. He was just, uh, you know, Steph is Steph, but Caruso, that's as good as you're going to get. I mean, he made a lot of timely uh, offensive plays as well. So Caruso probably, uh, of all the non star players, probably had the biggest impact uh, on the game, in my opinion. Both of the young core, right, Kuzma and Caruso, I thought were fantastic. In that second half, they played a lot of the minutes. Um, they just played like grown-up basketball, like Caruso being able to drive and kick to AD there um, late in the game. I thought it was just huge um, for him. just shows his kind of development as a passer. And then Kuzma as well, making big plays, um, finishing inside. And I thought like Jason, what you talk, or uh, Maple, is what you're talking about um, with the rotation. I think Bogle kind of showed who we trust, right, in that second half. Like, Drummond didn't play. Trez didn't play. Um, he shoved Schroeder out. We can talk about Schroeder later because I thought he had a really rough game as well. But he shoved him out for Wes Matthews. Um, you just, he pretty much just stuck to him, Kuzma and uh, Caruso. And those dudes saved the game. And I thought this was, like, a big role-player game as well. Like, Tommy, you can kind of speak to this. But I thought the Warriors' role players, like, stepped up. Like, they were huge. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins was a big part of the Warriors' offense, it felt like. Like, they were really picking on Schroeder and KCP. Like, I thought they really stepped up. Uh, Jordan Poole, I don't remember if he missed a shot tonight. Like, it felt like every time Draymond found him, he uh, he hit. But, like, it felt like a big-time game for the role players, even with yeah. Steph Draymond showing up. I mean, that's what that's what it's been over this this run towards the end of the season, especially these last 10 games or so. Wiggins and Poole have both been incredible. Um, they're running. They're trying to get Wiggins in the post more with mismatch, mismatches. They did that a couple times on Schroeder. And I really yeah. like those opportunities because he actually is a pretty good post scorer in some ways. If you get a smaller guy on him, he can go to his fadeaway. He has a nice little hook over his right shoulder or over his left shoulder with his right hand. And then Poole's, Poole's honestly been incredible, man. He's super talented. Um, and, and he can just score. He, he's super crafty around the rim. He's shooting it better from three than he did last year. Much better, actually. Um, but I wasn't surprised those guys pl- played well. They've been playing like that um, through this entire run, like I said. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to hop on with the, uh, the light years guys in a couple minutes here. Um, but I actually have a question for you guys because just it's sometimes good to get an outside perspective. Right now, this team is playing Michael Mulder 20 minutes a game. Um, and if that doesn't change, what is their playoff ceiling? And let's say – Second part of that question, if they do get, say, Oubre or Damian Lee back, what's their playoff ceiling? Because if they have Mulder playing 20 minutes a game, I don't know if they can win a series. But if they get one of those other two guys back, I'm a little bit more confident. I picked them to beat Utah. My, my prediction was the Lakers to win this game. I picked them to beat Utah. Um, oh, wow. I did. I just, I, just the small ball. I think Gobert's been a little better in, in space this year, according to some numbers I looked at. 
but I'm just uh, I, I just going off playing off a hunch here. Tommy, I had a question real quick. Uh, JTA didn't play in the whole entire fourth quarter. What was up with that? I don't know, man. That was really weird. Yeah, I, I didn't see. I, it was bizarre. Like yeah. they were playing Michael Mulder a ton of minutes in the fourth quarter, and JTA just sitting there. Maybe maybe Kerr wanted more shooting because they were turning the ball over a lot, and. Um, they needed some more space. They wanted to give Draymond and Steph some more space. But at that point, I'd rather just play JTA because he's a better passer anyway. He's going to do a better job of cutting, moving, finding Steph, finding the open guy. It was weird. Kerr's been honestly really good um, ever since the Wiseman industry, injury, um, and he's been able to just play his best players. But, yeah, that was kind of bizarre. I didn't get that. Yeah, I was just, I was just curious. That was very weird to me. He was uh... – Feel like he was very effective in this game. He's been closing games. Yeah. He's been closing games. So, I, so yeah, I didn't understand that. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's had some games recently where he's been in the thirty minutes. I noticed that. Um, but Tommy, really quickly, like I went into about a month ago, I thought there was no way in hell that the Golden State could beat uh, could beat Utah. To you know, coming into this game, I was kind of in the mind frame that I thought it was possible but unlikely. And I, I've kind of caught on to how good this team is here over the past couple of weeks. Um, but after what I've seen tonight, I think with how good Steph is right now, and he is in an all-time groove, it is such a, you know, kind of a spitting image, obviously Steph's rendition of it, but it's a spitting image of LeBron's 2018 season where, like, you know that the, 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 the supporting cast isn't what you ho- would hope it would be. But he's better than he has ever been. Do you remember when we were arguing about that? Is he better than he was in 2016? That's not a question anymore. <laughs> like he is flat out better than he was I, in 2016. I would still I would still disagree with that on the whole because I think he was he was doing stuff that the league had never seen at that point. The league, even as amazing as he is right now, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, he's people know what he wants to do to a certain extent now. Um, so he's not walking into the same type of easy shot. So he's just He's not getting, you know, the same type of efficient looks. But in terms of, like, understanding the game, it is very similar to that 2018 LeBron season where it's like his understanding is so much better of when to take over games, when to search for his shot, when to search for his teammates, as opposed to five or six years ago. That in some ways, yes, he is better. Um, I don't know. I, I'm nitpicking, obviously. He's, he's fucking incredible, man. I, I, didn't think he had, I didn't think he had another season like this, obviously. And he's been everything that we could have expected and more. And what this really does is it puts pressure on the front office to say, no matter how this season ends up, that's it, they're not going to make the finals. Probably maybe a Western conference finals berth. If Steph gets hot for two rounds um, and they see the Lakers and probably lose, but he puts the pressure on the front office now. Hey, go get me some guys to win with. Cause I'm still ready. I'm still here. I was the scoring champ. You guys have no excuse not to get me guys that can go win a championship right now. Cause I can still do it. That defense fell apart, not fell apart, but started to show some cracks on the strength of LeBron uh, as a post player in the fourth quarter there at the beginning and as a passer and pick and roll with AD and, and AD's, you know, absolute freak of nature athleticism. I, I am more optimistic about their chances with that defense to give Utah some real problems uh, with their yeah, I agree. shot I, creation I, I, outside, yeah, outside no. of Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I just they, they are going to make Clark. I think they're going to make Clarkson and and uh, Mitchell beat them. And I just Clark uh, Mitchell off an ankle injury against that defense. I I just you know Utah's a great team, like systematically what they run. But in the playoff, a lot of a lot of the game is about dirty buckets because the defenses are so good. And I just I don't know if I trust that consistently. You know, Mitchell's had some big playoff games, but the, the Warriors play great defense, so I I, I wouldn't be surprised. 
if if the if that was a long series, but I, I picked the Warriors to win in, in six or seven. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. But they have, they have to beat Memphis first. I'm not gonna cut Memphis as a gritty team, so you know, see how that goes. But I, I picked the Warriors. I think that, in Utah. Yeah, they're gonna give, yeah, they're gonna give them a tough series. Um, we talked about this like in the Warriors preview, right? Like you you can't do both. You can't take away your well, you're not supposed to be able to do both. You can't take away the three and then try to guard everyone else, right? With Steph. And it was pretty clear the Lakers tonight, they wanted to take Steph off the three-point line. And he still freaking went six for nine from three, which is just crazy. Like, I thought none of them were, like, that open or, like, really good looks. Um, so they really went at him. Like, against Utah, I still have Utah winning that series. I just think, like, the Warriors still play too many guys that just aren't experienced enough. And I don't know if Draymond can be this good defensively for that long of a series. I don't know what you guys think about that. But, like, I think that's where their ceiling is. Like, can Draymond – like, he was incredible tonight – but Tommy, I think you're right. I think he did get a little bit tired at the end there, but uh, yeah. he was great. I'm just wondering if he can do that through a whole series because he's going to have to. Like against Utah, who's they're a good offensive team. Like they rely heavily on three point shooting and all that. Well, go, still, like, go, really, go, go, Bear yeah. is an AD, so it's not the same amount no, of for sure. pressure he's seeing every possession. Like AD was like in space, making Draymond expend energy. Uh, so he just, I don't think he'll see the same type of, uh, you know pressure he was uh, getting tonight from AD as far as like trying to score. So I think it'll be a little That's bit a good point, Maples. That's a good point. He doesn't have to cover as much ground as against Utah. So he can kind of focus on his primary skill, which is, you know, rim protection and uh, and just being disruptive of, of all the, 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 all of the action that takes place in the paint. I, I, I will say this, Tommy, really quickly. I, I, in the middle of that game, I thought to myself, you know, cause coming into this play in tournament, I thought tonight was a must win because this prospect of single elimination scared me just from the standpoint of all of the things that could happen. And then I, it dawned on me in the middle of that game, like these two teams are so much better than Memphis. They're so much better than Memphis. Like I would be absolutely shocked if Golden State lost on Friday. I, I would be pretty shocked. Um, the only thing it is, is it's kind of a quick turnaround. Steph and Draymond expended a lot of en- energy tonight. Um, they're in their thirties. Like, They've got to turn around and basically play another game in 48 hours. They're probably flying back up to the bait night, I would guess. Um, but it, I mean, like you're saying, man, it's a one, it's a one game playoff. Like it, it's still scary. No matter what, if the Warriors have a first half, like the Lakers had tonight, they're down 13 going into the second half. Then they're going to have to, you know, it's just, it's a scary prospect. Like I, that's why I didn't want to be faced with the second playing game because now you're worried about a young Memphis team, um, they are traveling across country, obviously, but they're young. They're gonna have they're gonna have fresh legs. They're gonna play hard again. We just beat them last Sunday. It's tough to beat a team twice in a row like that. So we'll see. Um, I I would still pick the Warriors to win the game, um, but it's it's not gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be an easy one. It's gonna be right down to the wire. What adjustments not, are you looking at Memphis potentially making based on the the game on Sunday that could potentially swing that in Memphis's favor? Was there anything that scared you that Memphis did that you didn't think Golden State could counter? No, because I thought Memphis played pretty well. Valanciunas killed them early. I mean, he kind of killed them all game. Um, but the Warriors are okay with that if they're trading, you know, steps, threes, for twos. Um, I, I don't think there are many adjustments just because I've seen it all year with young teams um, that the Warriors play. I saw it a ton with the Thunders, teams like the Grizzlies. They really don't know what to do with steps off ball movement. He's so good at it now. And young teams just, they don't have that synergy defensively. They're not connected yet. And he just, he walks into open shots. You know, he mm-hmm. walked into probably at least eight or nine open shots against Mem- Memphis and some easy mid-rangers that he usually hits that he missed too. 
Um, so like he had 46 that game, but I thought he could have had close to 60 and that's obviously asking a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. That's asking a lot, but I thought he missed some easy looks. Um, so point being, I think Steph's going to get open shots again. Um, Memphis is solid defensively, but they're nothing special. Jaw is an absolute wreck off the ball. Um, so if he plays 30 plus minutes, they're going to continue to get open shots. It's just going to be about making them. I, no, nothing that Memphis can do really scares me. It's just that they're younger and they're, they might be a little bit fresher, um, heading into that game as opposed to a Warriors team who's been playing eight guys now for four weeks. Um, so that'd be my only concern that just the Warriors are fatigued. Yeah, that was that, for me the indicator of how good the defense is is how many threes you let Steph get up. They let him get up 20, 20, 20 plus threes, right? 22. Yeah, like that's, yep. that, that's a math problem you lose with a guy who can shoot that well. So mm-hmm. that, that was kind of bothersome for me from a Memphis standpoint. Just, you just can't let that guy get 22 looks at the basket. At some point, it's just going to flip. And then and kill you, which is what happens. <laughs> yeah, and the Lakers are. I'll, I'll let you preview the second round. I'm gonna hop out of here. Take it easy, Tommy. We appreciate you coming on, man. Okay, perfect. Later. All right, bye bye. Yeah, let's say the Lakers are never gonna let Steph get up twenty something threes, right? Tonight, like that. I didn't think that was ever gonna happen. Like they were gonna trap him, uh, make him try to give up the ball, and I, I thought they did that, even though he still hit hit his threes and got going. Um, with Draymond at the end there, but yeah, they were, they were never gonna let him like be able to cook like he did against Memphis. Yeah, against a bad defense, Steph probably has fifty tonight. Like he just had a floor. Right. Against a bad defense, he definitely has a fifty point game tonight. And the the Warriors yeah. played him great. He still finished with you know over fifty percent, thirty five seven boards. It was just he he was incredible tonight. You know, you know what's crazy about the Steph Curry experience that this is something we talked about a lot in the Sunday preview pod was like, you can defend him well for 18, 20, 22 seconds in a possession. But if you leave him for just that end, like he's going to make you pay. And there were, the Lakers did such a good job on him tonight overall. And yet there were like two or three possessions in the game over the entire 48 minutes where they just slipped up for a second. And the, the one that stands out off the top of my head was there in the fourth quarter, end of the shot clock, when LeBron was a little bit slow to close out on him on the right wing, and he shot like a 27-footer and made it. Every single time of those two or three times that, that, he, that he got open, he made it. Like, that's the crazy thing with Steph, is it's like he just makes you pay for the slightest slip-ups. But you, you're right. I mean, there's a huge difference between giving him two or three of those in a game and giving him nine or ten of those in a game. And that's the difference between you giving up, you know, 47 in a loss and, uh, you know, holding him to 35 or whatever he had tonight in a win. Absolutely. 100% agree. Raj, what did you, what did you think of LeBron tonight? Yeah, I thought he was like really trying to just not coast to that first half, but kind of be passive, right? Like it was weird. He kind of treated this as a series game. It felt like, like he knew like in the fourth quarter, he can kind of turn it on. Like, that's what it felt like watching it. Like, he was really passive, giving the ball up, um, even late, kind of letting Schroeder kind of run the offense um, down low. And then he got going, I thought, in the fourth quarter, really started uh, getting aggressive. Um, he had some awesome passes to, like, Caruso and uh, Kuzma. Um, and, like, I don't think he's 100% yet still, right? Like, it seems like he's not – he doesn't feel 100% on his leg yet. But uh, I thought he was fine. Like, he he was himself, and I think he'll be ready when we play Phoenix on Sunday. Like, if he really wanted this one to kind of get that break – um, but he he's not a hundred percent. It's it's pretty clear. Like he was he was favoring it. It felt like through that first half. Um, but he he picked it up late. But he he's not himself for sure. Absolutely. What do you think, Mabel? He, he just really not himself. You could tell just uh, the, the the bunnies he was missing. He usually he 
contact, being able to finish, he's usually excellent. Like in that situation, yeah. he's missed so many bodies. You can tell the lift just isn't there yet. And I think he got a little bit more comfortable in the second half, I think, with just getting some more adrenaline going. But yeah, you could just tell that's, that's definitely going to be something to look at through the, uh, you know, how the, how, how the playoffs go. I'm definitely going to be, you know, paying attention to that. It's going to be interesting to see, man. So a little bit nervous. Uh, because he doesn't doesn't have the full burst, but I think he's smart enough to still be good enough for the Lakers to win, especially if they get the correct version of Anthony Davis too. So that's also you know works hand in hand. So I actually thought he was a little not. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think passive is necessarily the word that I would use to describe uh, um, the way he was in the first half because I felt like he did kind of sense the urgency. It reminded me of some of those playoff games where, you know, AD would float through the first half and LeBron would carry him and then AD would wake up in the second half. It kind of reminded me of those games. But yeah. you could you could tell from the opening tip that Draymond completely psyched AD out. And it kind of reminded me, not quite as bad and quite as flagrant, but it kind of reminded me of what he used to do to Kevin Love. And I had, it kind of got me thinking about the idea of, you know, finesse bigs playing against Draymond Green and just how much of a nightmare that is uh, for the finesse bigs. You know, whereas like the more slasher type of guys, you know, that's why Pascal Siakam had so much success against him as he wasn't intimidated physically and just attacked him, uh, you know, at the rim. Um, uh, but like it, it was it was interesting because at the start of that game, you could tell the Laker role players weren't playing as well. KCP made a couple huge shots in that first quarter, by the way. It, yeah, absolutely momentous shots in terms of preventing it from being a catastrophe and just how much they would fall behind. Uh, but I actually thought LeBron was trying to kind of put an imprint. You just in the first half, you could tell it wasn't there. Like he just wasn't the 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 touch in the just the overall like you know the polish on his game wasn't there. He wasn't quite getting the right amount of lift, and I, I thought that was what primarily hurt him. But overall, the reason why I brought it up, I thought he played a like I thought he made up for that a lot with his brain. Um, you know, for yeah. him, for him to usually in his career be so sloppy with the ball when he's rusty to go have a game where he has 10 assists with one turnover. Um, I, I thought, I thought, I thought he, he put his imprint on that game with his brain. And then when AD went to the five and LeBron, you know, was attacking and being aggressive there at the start of the fourth quarter, you know, that was when he finally started to get some stuff going at the rim that, uh, that unlocked things for him. And then he made just enough jump shots, including the biggest one, but he made just enough jump shots to, to kind of uh, compensate for some of the lack of scoring pop that he had in the first half. I, I thought for what it was, you know, LeBron's third game back from an injury that caused him to miss literally like 27 of the last 29 games going into that back to back for what it, the situation was. I thought it was the best possible LeBron game you could have got under those circumstances. Yeah. And like, I, I feel like they were kind of uh, picking him up full court as well. Right. In the, in the beginning of the game, I think Wiggins was picking him up full court, really gave him trouble. And he had a tough time kind of finishing at the rim shots that he finishes. Usually um, he was kind of looking at the refs as well, but yeah, with late, he went really to his playmaking and I thought it wasn't just going to AD at the five, right. It was also subbing out Schroeder, putting in West and he just had him pretty much controlling everything with like a space floor again, not to scapegoat Andre Drummond, but like just putting AD at the five. Then you have West. Um, I think it was AC KCP closing down the stretch. And he was able to really orchestrate the offense. And that's what he does. He didn't have to score as much 
Um, he and I, I agree with you. He beat them with his mind, his passing. Though that back cut by Caruso, that I think it was a cut by Kuzma as well. Um, and that's where he's that's where he can dominate still, right? Like I, I tweeted before, this was two goats going at it. I thought Steph was doing it. <laughs> I thought this was I thought Steph was doing it with his shooting, right? Like his crazy three point shooting. I thought LeBron was doing it um, with his passing before he hit that that big shot at the end. Um, and they needed it. A shooter was just really out of control tonight. Um, he was not ready for the the elite level defense that Golden State was playing. Right? Like it just didn't feel like he had the ball handling back yet. Um, his conditioning isn't back yet, maybe. Um, he was driving Andrew Wiggins late and stuff like that. They, uh, they just couldn't afford. Possessions were too valuable down the stretch, and they just had LeBron controlling at the end. I, I thought uh, he really picked it up. His scoring is not where it needs to be, but his brain was there, which, which won them this game. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this about Shooter. I think his energy was big, though. To get the yeah, for sure. I think he made a couple of awesome plays. Just spark plays in the third quarter to kind of get a run going, but yeah, just he made a, a couple of questionable decisions uh, down the stretch, yeah, yeah. and this that issue of you know when guys haven't played together a lot, you kind of get that, and I think that's just a lack of continuity that the Lakers have been forced due to injury, and you know Dennis broke COVID protocols twice, just a lack of you know continuity between certain guys that are out there, and I think that's something I have to work through as the as the playoffs go, but. Yeah, Dennis was kind of rough down the stretch. I, I, I like I like uh, West closing games better anyway, just because of the uh, the floor spacing he provides, and it's not much of a drop off defensively. Well, and credit to credit to Frank, by the way. You know he gets absolutely trashed for rotations, including by me. So I'm not over here trying to you know claim superiority or anything. But like we all trash him for rotations consistently. Yet when the chips are down, he's always made the move. And if you look at tonight. He went THT off the bench, which I thought was a little bit questionable, although THT actually performed okay. I just think for all of us that were watching, Wes had been better in the in the month leading up to this just as a consistent role player under under what he was being asked to do. There were the Trez minutes where, where I thought, once again, the, the classic Trez experience where he's getting offensive rebounds on one end and giving them up on the other. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the Drummond experience. And then there at the end, when when Dennis was, you know, his his inability to hit three point shot was kind of hurting them. And then couple that with the fact that uh, he had had a couple of sloppy turnovers. He had like three or four sloppy turnovers in pick and roll passing where he just was yeah. forcing stuff that wasn't there. And Frank literally, you know, I tweeted out, I said, I wanted to see T- I wanted to see KCP, Caruso, Kuzma, LeBron, AD. And he ended up going with KCP, Caruso, Wesley Matthews. LeBron AD, which, you know, give or take, you know, Wes and Kuzma are similar archetypes, but both of them were great options because um, both of them were were, uh, were great tonight. But Frank, just no Trez in the second half. No drum in the last, you know, what was it, 15 minutes of the game? You know, mm-hmm. uh, got Dennis out of there. Like De- Frank put, you know, he, he made the necessary moves. And it was a, it was a, now to, to, to Maple's point, though, you won by three. Maybe if you make those moves earlier, we're not all sitting there sweating. But uh, but he did make the moves, and it hasn't gotten them burned yet, uh, for whatever it's worth. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't mean to pile on, but just like the, the, the drumming thing with me is just it makes AD jump shot dependent, and he's so much better when he's allowed to put pressure on the rim. Like if you watch with drumming on the opposite dunker spot, and they tried to run any pick and roll or any isolation action with uh, AD in the mid post or on, on the wing, like Draymond smart enough. He knows that Drummond's back there. So he knows he can get all the way up on AD and make him take a tough concession shot. Because if he drives, where's he going? 
know what I'm saying? He's like going right into mm-hmm. a contested paint. So that's like, that's my thing with Jimmy. It's just the overall. Like I hate to pile on the guy because it feels like just just Jimmy. I'm just the overall effect on the spacing of the team. Then you got AD, who's jump shot dependent against a great defender. Like I think it was two for twelve the first half or something like that. Was it two for twelve? Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, whatever it was. Like yeah. And then like <laughs> the third quarter, they open up the floor. He gets uh, two dunks. He gets the lob. And then he makes the you know two jump shots late right after seeing the ball go in. Like you could just, just open up the floor, man. It's just. He was he was playing like Demar Derozan in that first half. Man, like, and that, I, 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 I like I respect the Warriors. Y'all know I love me some Steph, but the game did not have to be that close. But I just, in my opinion, <laughs> I think I'm just oh, that, that game did not have to be that close. You know, it was su- it was such an overall fascinating basketball game. Just the ebbs and flows of it all. Like honestly, like that, it it kind of made up for a it slightly sort of kind of made up for what was a horrific season in terms of just a lack of drama. Cause that was just a ton of drama in that game. And even, even AD who was horrible in the first half and, and wasn't that great in the second half made a huge fourth quarter three. I thought his defense on Steph on the final possession, him uh, jumping off his man to shut off that passing lane and forced a high pass that Steph ended up fumble, fumbling like a, a bunch of key Lakers who kind of were foggy and unfocused to start the game kind of snapped into, into form and made big plays at the end kind of just like whipped into shape by just the drama and the fact that Steph was out there kicking their ass and the, and the rest of those guys were kicking their ass and they had basically no choice, but other to, to show up or get humiliated. And uh, man, it was just an unbelievable game. I, I had that, that was such an uh, entertaining basketball game. It felt like a classic LeBron versus Steph game too, right? Like LeBron versus the Warriors, I guess we got like the Draymond hard foul, right? And then LeBron tried to sell it for the, sell it for the play grant. Um, he didn't get the flagrant, but um, and then they really he picked on Steph in the fourth quarter, right? Like he had the guards coming up to set the screen and then try to pick on him and on offense and getting it got AD a few dunks, got them in the paint, then got him an open shot. So it was just a classic game uh, between two legends, two two goats going uh going back and forth. It was it was great. It was really stressful during during the game, but uh, being down third, like of course that shot by Steph went in at halftime, right? Like I thought AD kind of went off him, but of course that shot went in down 13 and then uh, we got a classic game so yeah the ebbs and flows were fun or were fun like after the fact like looking back i guess it was enjoyable but during it was super stressful trying to it's not fun being on the other side of steph i guess <laughs> so uh uh maples like what what is your like to put a bow on it what what what, what do you make of this particular night as it pertains to the LeBron Steph rivalry is it just a tiny footnote in a relatively unimportant game or do you think it's you know like how, how do you contextualize this in the grand scheme of things oh they've battled too much on the ultimate stage for this to be super important like it's just another fun game <laughs> I definitely after tonight the play-in definitely isn't going anywhere after tonight uh, <laughs> I, I'm, interested, I'm interested to see what the ratings look like for this game to be honest like as far as the rest of the I'm pretty sure they were off the top, yeah. but yeah, man, just those two, man. It's just a, I think they're the very magic of our time, man. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. you gotta, we gotta cherish these mm-hmm. moments, regardless of you know who your quote unquote loyalties lie with. You just gotta, gotta yeah. cherish, man. Even like, even some of the, the the Laker guys who make their jokes about Steph, even during the game, they were like, "Hey, man, this Steph dude is just incredible." But you just had to <laughs> like be in awe at some of the shots he was making, just the, the twisting layups, the contested threes. Like he was six of nine from three. But I probably on eight of the threes, it was like that's great defense. 
Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it's like it's nothing you can do <laughs> at that point. It's got to be like this guy. It's got to make the catches tough, man. So yeah, you just got to. I don't think it's big in the Steph Lebron scheme. I think they played on the ultimate stage too much. Now, if they meet in the playoffs, which I think would have to be in the conference finals at this point, am I correct? Uh, yes, it would literally have. Yeah, to be. I think. I, I mean, I think the, the Clippers just have too much firepower over the course of a series to, uh, than than the Warriors do for that to happen. Uh, the, the Lakers have a, a average offense, I think, but the Clippers, I just, I don't think the Warriors can score like that over a, a, a series to, to really beat them. But we'll see. Clippers always uh, chip over themselves in the second round, but <laughs> it would be fun to get the Lakers Warriors in the conference finals. But I just, I, I don't see the Warriors winning two rounds. What do you, what do you think, Raj? Yeah, I just like look. If the Warriors beat the Jazz with like playing eight dudes, like I think Utah is going to be. They're going to be pretty much the joke of the summer. Like, I think this <laughs> I think this Warriors team is really good. I just – I don't see them beating Utah. I don't think they have the, the requisite enough enough talent to beat them. Um, Steph is going to go crazy in a few of those games. Uh, if they get if they get to the conference finals, man, well, that would be a crazy year for them. That's that's a lot of credit to Steph and Draymond and, I guess, Kerr with with what they did because they play a lot of young guys like Juan Toscano Anderson, Jordan Poole. Those are young dudes, like, playing, what, their first playoffs? Like, I think that would be – pretty pretty crazy but you know they can win any game like they're gonna give utah a series i still think they'll win i i just think it'll be tough i think utah's still a legit team like you don't win that many games in the regular season in my opinion without being some kind of legit legit team i think their offense is is real um even though the three-point shooting might fall off so i have them i have them being the warriors i still think it'll probably go six uh i don't know if the warriors can push it to seven but yeah like that would be crazy (laughs) if the warriors are able to to beat that team and utah i think would have a really rough summer if they lost to this uh, this Warriors squad, I'll be I'll be rooting for them. Um, I I find Steph to be so likable. I love his mentality and I love his disposition. And you know, yeah. I, I, his fan base can be reprehensible, but at the end of the day, so are as every fan base. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> judge him for that. And, uh, and you know, and I, I've I've had I've had my moments as a irrational <laughs> fan myself. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. But you know, my, the thing that I would say to put a bow on on the LeBron Steph thing is like. You know, what I appreciated about tonight is it's like another chapter in this saga between the two of them. And it kind of helps you realize that, like, so much of this is subjective and just what you prefer because they're so different. Like Raj said earlier, LeBron's out there literally manipulating the game with his passing and with his brain. Those those backdoor cuts he hit to Caruso and Kuzma, those windows were tiny. As he was throwing the pass, I'm like, oh, that looks like it might be a turnover. And it just flips through. It's like... And then Steph just there's no words to describe what he did offensively as a scorer tonight. And so, like, the, the way that I see it, it's like there's no way to to line things up on a table and be like, here's how one is clearly better than the other, because they're both so different. And, and, and it is a team sport and so much is convoluted. And and so I'm kind of at the point with the two of them where. You know, it's just like like it's like 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 the bird magic thing. It's kind of like fire and ice. These two completely different, uh, uh, you know, entities that are, you know, at the top of this game. But, you know, they're both so different. And it's kind of like just people are going to gravitate one way or another based on their own personal preference. And, and and I thought tonight was just another example of like, regardless of what other supporting pieces you throw into this rivalry, like this wasn't Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and and Kyrie Irving, it was Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond and Andrew Wiggins and all, and all these different pieces, but it still ended up being LeBron and Steph doing LeBron and Steph stuff. 
And that was the, 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 the final, you know, iteration of the game. And the game basically came down to LeBron and Steph in the fourth quarter making plays and LeBron made one more play this time, you know, and it, it was just, I, I, I look at it as just like a, uh, awesome. And I hope, I hope that they get to play in a series against each other at some point in the future. And it's very possible that they will next year when Clay comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll, before we move on with the Lakers, I'll say the, the Warriors are a little closer than, than I thought. Uh, my thing is they, they were a healthy Clay away from doing something serious this year, looking at how they bought into the small ball thing. So mm-hmm. their off season will be interesting because they're not that far. They, if they get that version of step again, the second best player in the league is not, you know, they're not that far off finishing some offseason moves. Mm-hmm. You guys want to move on to the Suns? Let's do it. Raj, what's your early impression of the Suns series? Man, I was gonna I was gonna write stuff down for the Suns, but like the Lakers uh tricking this game off that long, like I wasn't even thinking about Phoenix <laughs> um until until now. But uh yeah, like I think they have a really size they have a good size advantage down low. Like I think they have an Anthony Davis issue, right? They have no one for A D. And then their stars are their guards, who I think kind of works in the Lakers' favors. Lakers' favor, like I think they're really good at defending the guards. Um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are are special. What they do, I just think um, we have enough guards to kind of contain that. And then uh, we'll see if uh, Aiton and all those guys can play uh, against AD, who who destroyed them in the last game. Um, but yeah, I think that's like the initial look at it. What do you guys see from it? Um, this, I, I think that Phoenix is not very good defending the rim, and I think that plays right into the Lakers' hands. They're just not yeah. very good at it. And I think LeBron and AD are just going to give them hell in that regard. And you kind of feel bad because, you know, Chris Paul has this amazing season. Uh, <laughs> helps turn that team around. And his prize is you get LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the first round <laughs> as a second seed. So I just don't think they defend the rim well enough. The defense, their defensive weaknesses play right into what the Lakers want to do, which is, you know, get to the rim. And I just – I don't think – like, I'm trying to be respectful. Like I don't see it going past five, but you know maybe Chris Paul or Booker has a moment and, and it goes six. But I just think Phoenix's weaknesses fall right in line with the Lakers' strengths, and it's not going to be a long series, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I agree with you. You know what's funny is like look at what Draymond did tonight to disrupt things around the rim for the Lakers, and how it's going to almost feel like a breath of fresh air to all of a sudden have DeAndre Ayton trying to make the same plays. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, like, and, and you know what's funny is in a weird way, because I think this is a horrific matchup for the Suns, and I think the Lakers are primed to potentially win this series in five games, which is huge for a bunch of reasons. First of all, they get three days off before the series. And if they end the series in five and Portland and Denver have a six, seven gamer, that's more time for LeBron to rest and recover and get that ankle right. So it's, it's primed up perfectly for them. The downside is, is this is the type of series that will trick the Lakers into thinking they can win playing big again. Yes, and absolutely. So I expect them to, I, I think there's a good chance that they fall back into some habits here where it's a lot of trez and a lot of drumming again. That is my, so that, that would be my the concern. one downside. That's my concern as well. Definitely. That's a good point. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna, Go they're gonna start they're gonna start drumming for sure. I feel like again um, against Phoenix, and again, like I think the theory of it kind of makes sense. Like they want to kind of dominate the boards, right, and stuff like that. And it, maybe if Phoenix has Chris Paul and Devin Booker going, um, he gets out early. Like I want to ask, like Maples, do you think Trez can play against the Suns? Because I thought like he kind of could if they have Dario Saric as the backup five. Would you think Would you think uh, Trez is playable in that series, or would you still kind of just stick to um, 
kind of AD at the five there, and I leave him off the rotation. My thing with Trez is, like, he's okay if drop coverage is passable against the opponent, and drop coverage is not passable against, you know, Chris Paul and Booker because they're so yeah. proficient shooting off screen, so it'll be rough with him in pick and roll because he just sees his drop guys. That's, that's who he is. Um, so it'll be rough, like, and when when we signed Trez, I was like, I think he's a good regular season signing because his energy night to night on those down nights would be great. And I think, you know, he was in that regard. But in the playoffs, I just I don't see it beyond beyond like the first round, and not even then because Lakers got seven seeds, so not even playing a team that he can really play big minutes beyond be uh, in the playoffs. And my like, he's he'll be a spot guy, like get guy arrest. I just don't think you can. It's just too exploitable. Like I'm trying not to be you no know, mean, but I just don't see an avenue for him to play big minutes in the playoffs. Like maybe eight to ten minutes of spot duty. He's just yeah. He's just too exploitable on defense. I expect the game or the series in general to kind of uh, break down the way that this game did tonight, in the sense that kind of like first half, second half, different mindset. I expect in the first two or three games of the series to see a lot of Drummond and Trez. Um, but then when it comes down to it in games four, five, and six, if it gets to six, you'll see the, uh, you know, Frank get more serious, but I agree. My thing with Trez from the beginning has been, if you, if you, if you have him just defending and pick and roll as a traditional big, you're asking him to fail. Um, but he's got athleticism and he's got like quickness and he's got a motor. So if you kind of have him defend as a perimeter player, um, then he'll have more success, whether that's trapping in pick and roll instead of putting him in some sort of drop or, or catch hedge or anything along those lines. Or if you have him, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, outright double or anything that can allow him to use his length and, 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 and speed to compensate for the fact that he's not a great traditional pick and roll defender, anything along those lines, I think is better for him. He outright was excellent on the offensive end in their last matchup. And there was a bunch of really interesting stuff where the Suns had to throw extra bodies at AD. And so they kind of developed a little bit of a high, low type of chemistry there where, you know, AD would try to post up and Phoenix would throw multiple bodies at him, and Trez would flash to the semicircle or to the free throw line and he'd catch and he'd turn and Trez's man would kind of sink onto AD to take away that high low pass. And he'd either have a floater or there was even a play in the second half where he just took a power dribble and went right into Frank Kaminsky's chest and just caved his chest in and had a layup. And, yeah. and I, I think there's some good stuff there potentially offensively with him next to AD capitalizing on the ridiculous amount of attention they have to throw at AD. Cause there are going to be games in this series where the Suns just throw the kitchen sink at AD and the Laker role players are going to have a party um, because they're not going to sit there and let him go for 40 every night. Like he did in the last matchup. Yeah. They just, they don't just, again, don't defend the, defend the paint that well. So mm. that's that, that's what the series will hinge on in my opinion. Yeah. It, it's a good series for LeBron too, right? Like where he can kind of work his way in. Like he doesn't have to be the, 9,500% LeBron scoring like 35 a night um, against the Suns. I feel like AD can kind of pick up most of the slack uh, in this series. I guess like my issue only with, I think you guys would agree with me, isn't like the Drummond-Trez matchup uh, minutes is like Gasol being totally out of the rotation. Right? Like I think that's kind of uh, annoying uh, for me, and I, I think you guys would agree with that. Like him, I don't want him to go a whole first round without playing, which I don't think he will. It's just like 
that's what it kind of feels like because Vogel said he has his rotations kind of picked before the game, right? So we'll, we'll see if uh, Gasol – if that's a Gasol series for them. Like I think if things things don't work out, then he'll play, but it just feels like they go into it kind of predetermined who they're, who they're going to play. Yeah, I don't know. Tonight was kind of odd because Looney, like the slow plotting – like, yeah. That seemed like it was Taylor made for Mark to play, and he still didn't play. So, like, I'm completely lost. I won't even try to guess when, you know, Mark Gasol will be used. I think I'd imagine if you play the Nuggets, he would see some minutes. And, or if you play the Sixers down the line, that would be in the finals if, if they even got there. Like, that would be the only times I would, like, be for sure that Mark was going to play. But as of right now, I can't even guess he would be putting the game because it seemed like tonight was perfect when with the Warriors playing Looney. But like one of the few guys Mark might be fast, faster than. <laughs> <laughs> I I tend to think that uh, that like Maple said, you know, Gasol is matchup dependent, and putting him in a situation you know like against Looney, you would expect to have seen him. You know, you never would want to put him on the floor when the Warriors go small. I mean, you're setting up Mark to fail in a situation like that. The But at the end of the day, like, Aiton is is another one of those guys that is tailor-made for a Marcus Gasol matchup. Like, Aiton is not as – he's not gifted enough offensively or athletic enough to really make you pay for having Marcus Gasol out there so you can reap all the offensive benefits that come with having Marcus all on the floor. But uh, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll see, but tonight doesn't bode well for that. Like you said. Um, And I just like my favorite part about this matchup. And it's my favorite part about this team in general is like the Lakers are like a, like a really, really well filled out toolbox in the sense that whatever problem you encounter, they seem to have a good option to throw at it. You know, like you're, you're sitting there thinking like, oh, well, what do you do about Devin Booker? You know, because the, the Suns are sitting in there and they're like, what are we going to do with Anthony Davis? What are we going to do with LeBron? And they just don't have good options, you know, but the Lakers have these options like they can go. Actually, you know, like if we put Alex Caruso on Chris Paul, like he can make him work pretty damn hard. He's not going to stop him, but he's going to make him work pretty damn hard, you know, or, or whether it's uh, Caruso on, on Devin Booker or Wesley Matthews on, on Devin Booker. You know, KCP has has proven to be, you know, here in the last couple months to be a really, really good defensive player. The Lakers just have all of these like options that they can go to and it, it makes them so dangerous in these long seven game series. It's because they just have all these different options that they can go to. And, and I think and I think the Phoenix series is a particular one where the Lakers are just really well equipped for this matchup. Yeah, they, it felt like they really kind of figured out the Warriors tonight as well, kind of like as the game got on. And I think they like to do that in a series. That's why I wanted to get out of this damn playing game because I'm pretty confident in like Vogel and LeBron and all of them kind of finding a solution. Like you said, having a whole toolbox of, of players to go to. We didn't see Markeith Morris either tonight, right? He's another guy they can got to kind of go to if they need shooting and want to go small with AD at the five. I think the Suns are a, a team you can do that again. They just have all these dudes. I think Kuzma and Caruso just stepping up a level as well just makes that rotation even better. Um, I think it's pretty clear those two, um, KCP, are also the guys that they're going to go to when it matters. So uh, against a team like the Suns, we'll see. Um, they don't have anyone inside for AD. And then like when they, you put all that attention to AD, then you have LeBron be able to cut to the basket, and you get their shooters and get our shooters kind of going. So I agree, they're a really tough matchup. That's why I kind of feel bad for Phoenix. Like I think they've had a great year. I think Chris Paul has been amazing this year, but that, it's just a tough way for them to go out in the first round. It's a 
this was the worst matchup for them, uh, in my opinion. But uh, that's how it shaked out. Yeah, I had to feel like they were probably rooting like hell for the Warriors tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and what? And by the way, what a crappy predicament that is. Like, please, please give us maybe the best player in the world instead. <laughs> you know, right? Like that. That's just it's outrageous. Like what? Okay, so what did the Suns finish? One game back of Utah or two games? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was one. Was it one game. Line. Yeah, so so we're talking we're talking you go out for seventy two games. Yeah, they're one game back. You you go out for seventy two games and you prove that you are no worse than one game behind the best possible pace, you know, win pace in this circumstance, and you're rewarded with sitting down on a Wednesday night, literally three games before uh, you have to play, and you're sitting watching LeBron and Steph just put on this incredible performance both defenses just absolutely stifling and, and meanwhile uh uh meanwhile the uh um uh you know the philadelphia 76ers are going to get some you know garbage you know pacers team or yeah. not pacers team or the, like maybe the celtics that are extremely limited or um uh gosh who else is it in the uh india is it indy wait i can't remember yeah. no indy one indy one so they get the seven seed and it's the celtics no, nah, Celtics got the seven. Celtics, Celtics got the seven. Celtics got the seven. That's right. And then Indy mm-hmm. plays Wizards. the Wizards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like they're going to get a Wizards team that can't guard to save their life, and uh, or or you know or this Pacers team that's you know their starting lineup is completely decimated, you know, or, or you know you're the Suns and the Jazz and you're flipping a coin between LeBron and Steph. It's just it's just it's just ridiculous life in the Western Conference. Yeah, and we, that's why we kind of saw all that kind of jockeying on the last day, right? Like, in respect to the Suns, they actually won their game. I think they beat the Spurs on the last day, but we saw, like, the Clippers do that weird tank job. And then um, who else Who else tanked that game? I forgot. Denver. Denver also had that terrible tank job as well. So just ended up being Phoenix. I, I think it really worked out. I want to ask you guys, like, the bracket really worked out, I guess. Um, JT, you were talking about how it was so important to win this game, right? Because you win this one, and now you get to play Phoenix. Then you play the winner of Denver, Portland, and then from there you play whoever gets in the Western Conference Finals. I think that like really worked out for the Lakers in terms of their their seeding and going into these teams. They have an advantage over them, and then Denver, Portland, I think, are really good teams, but just not the top crop of the West. Would you guys kind of agree with that, that the bracket kind of worked out for them? Perfectly. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, this was the best case scenario. I mean, and, and there's another side of it too. Like the Lakers played a couple of bad teams on Saturday and Sunday, and, and before that, they had taken some losses. And so, or, or excuse me, they they had played Houston, another bad team. So they had won five games in a row, but their defense had kind of taken a step back. And I actually thought that the Lakers. I mean, Maples, you actually called this out at halftime that the Lakers' effort wasn't quite there in the first half. There was like a lack of urgency, just in general, and their hustle and and in their focus and like uh i think a game like tonight in a weird way is was a great tune-up for the suns um especially if they end up having to go to any sort of crazy trapping pick and roll coverage against chris paul if he gets going so i i thought the the uh, it broke out with the matchups lebron's lebron had this crazy game tonight but he had two days off before this and he gets three days off now um, and, and then, and then in terms of the matchup, it's, it's definitely not a guarantee, but the Lakers now have like a super, super achievable path to the Western conference finals. And so now you're talking about four and a half weeks potentially between 
having to get ready between now and having to be ready for a matchup with the Clippers. You have four and a half weeks. You know, like if you think of LeBron's injury timeline, that's a significant chunk of time. You know, that he's going to be up over what he's going to be up around like week 13 or week 14 of his recovery at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. if, if my math is correct. So like literally that the, the, the way the matchups broke out, it kind of compensated for some of the bad luck that the Lakers had in terms of their, uh, the, their injuries this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I guess like, I want to ask you guys, cause we kind of hit a lot of pauses for the Lakers. Like I have my ideas, but what, what is the way the Suns kind of beat the Lakers? Like what's your, what are you most worried about with Phoenix? Is it their guards? Is it Chris Paul, Devin Booker, like hitting mid range pull-ups on, on the Lakers trying to trap them off? Off, off screens or like what or is it Aiden kind of getting a post game going like what is your biggest worry with the Suns uh like in the, the Suns in the playoffs them getting hot from three mm-hmm. like that that you know that's always a, an issue in today's NBA for sure um I think like you said I think uh you were or Jason mentioned this earlier like because Aiden plays that forces them into more uh drumming minutes Big. and that kind of mm-hmm. mucks up the floor offensively and that's also could be a factor. So I mean, those are the happens. Like I just, I this is the worst matchup the Suns could have pulled. I just it's rough for me finding <laughs> them a way to beat the Lakers four times. It's it's yes. it's, it's, it's it's hard. It's because you you respect what Chris Paul's like. I like what Chris Paul's done in his career. You know, I've been rooting for Devin Booker forever. Finally gets a chance on the big stage, and just you know, right. it's just a, <laughs> a luck of the draw. But I just I can't I can't find the avenue for them to to beat the. Lakers four times. I just think even if they get where, but it's still a game or two, you know, with the drumming beat on the floor, though Frank's history shows that he's an adjuster and he will rectify that, you know, after even one game last year, you know, you saw like he would yank Dwight and JaVale out when necessary. He would tell him before, Hey, you're not going to play this series. Like he's, he was good about that with the chips down. So I don't see Frank sticking to something that's going to be detrimental to the Lakers in that regard. Yeah. yeah, Maples, I'm exactly in the same frame of mind. Like, yeah, okay, I, what if what if Jay Crowder does a pretty good job on LeBron? Well, that's not going to be enough. But what if the Suns make a ton of threes? Well, well that's not really going to be enough. Like, you know, even if the, the most crazy outlandish scenario, what if Devin Booker literally transforms into prime Kobe Bryant in this series? Like, his playoff debut is just – the most surgical 28 points per game ever against this Laker defense. I don't think that's enough. I, I think I, this is one of those things that I'm not trying to be overly optimistic here. I think it would require a LeBron or AD injury for the Suns to win this series. I really think that. Yeah, they, they really don't match up well. I guess the only way is if like Chris Paul and Devin Booker really get hot right for a few games. I think that's the way they would steal one. Um, they don't match up well. Mikel Bridges, I think, is a nice defender. I don't think he'll be able to stay um, with LeBron. I don't think he has the length. or He has the length. doesn't have the strength to kind of keep up with him. And then they have an AD issue. Um, that's my only way. Is if Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they they can hit tough shots, right? Like, like they go to tough shots. Like, they look for them. Like, Devin Booker loves those mid-range jumpers. Chris Paul loves them. Can they hit them at a, enough efficiency for it to matter? We'll see. But I think that's the only way. Uh, I think the Lakers have a big size advantage. Um, I think they'll still start with Drummond early, um, try to beat him up on the boards. And if that doesn't work, they can just always go to AD at the five, which I don't think any team has solved really like through the last two years. We've been, we've been watching this LeBron and AD for like two years now. I'm not sure any team has really solved the AD at the five lineup with LeBron at the four 
Um, and I don't think the Suns will be the first one to to do it. So I just was curious what you guys thought, like how how the Suns can make this a competitive series because um, they're going to be really the, the underdogs here. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked the Lakers in, in six just out of respect, like the number two seed. Yeah. You know, I, I think Booker or Chris Paul has a moment or two. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, you know, just say you're going to beat the Bruins out, but it, it's six, but like a comfortable six. Like the Lakers are up 3-1 and then they win, like not a 2-2, you know, type thing. Whereas, yeah. So that, that's kind of how I, uh, how I feel about the series as far. But as far as 80 at the five, I think the only teams that are going to be able to, you know, combat that, whether either defensively or being able to still generate good looks on the other end are the, are the Clippers and, and the uh, and the Brooklyn Nets. If, if that ends up being a matchup that we see, like, that's the only thing I think who have the, the even the possibility even slowing that down. I think it's going to be the 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 Rockets Blazers Nuggets special from last year. I think the Lakers are going to win in five, and I think the game where the Lakers lose, we're all going to be pulling our hair out, watching clips of them botching rotations and just kind of putting forth a really putrid defensive effort. I really think that. I think like I think I think the Lakers will lose a game by just giving up on the defensive end either in game three because they already have a lead or game one because they don't respect their opponent or something like that. But I, I just think that there is, I, I, I don't, I understand that I have a, a ton of respect for Chris Paul and Devin Booker too. It's just so hard for me to fathom them losing multiple games in this series. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong and maybe we'll all be sitting here in a week going, you know, uh oh, you know, Lakers are down two one. What's gonna happen next? You know, but I just it's it's hard for me to even map out how that would work. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else from tonight or from the Suns game before we call it a night? I'm leaving at five thirty in the morning to drive to Texas tomorrow for a, a family reunion. So I gotta I gotta get some sleep eventually. Nah man, just a great night of basketball, man. Like that was like legitimately fun to watch. Like that that that's all I can say. Like that was two best players in the NBA fighting for, for something real. Like that was fun. I hope with the preview, preview of how the playoffs will go. Cause that would be special. Yeah. yeah but it was crazy. It feels like we were more worried about this playing game than like the two C, right? Like it feels like all of a uh, Lakers Twitter and all Laker fans are kind of more worried about this game, winning this game than like playing the Suns. Um, the Suns feels like a much, much more, not easier road, but we can kind of settle in, let them kind of get into the Suns and break down, Breakdown film against them. Well, yeah, it, it's, one it's not a one-off, like so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they was really nervous <laughs> through that one, so it was good to get that that out of the way, and now we can everyone, including the team, can focus on Phoenix and just getting through that one. But yeah, this was fun. Two two legends going at it. Um, I don't want to disrespect Memphis as well. I think Maples, you said that earlier, but I feel like Utah's going to have a hell of a first round on their hands. Yeah, I I, uh, I had uh, I was more nervous for this game than I was for any playoff game last year. Um, I have such a, a, I thought this game was so important, not just for the seeding things we discussed, but also if they went the other route, they'd have to play again on Friday and then go into Utah. who's a little bit more physically capable of matching up with the Lakers and then have to play the Clippers potentially in the second round. It just, it was such a much, it was so much more of a dark uh, kind of like uh, less optimistic path. Um, but just like going, and then just the fear of Steph, like just the, I, I never thought the Lakers were really threatened last year. And I, I was unique among most, I mean, there were, there were some people in Lakers Twitter who were like me, but I felt like most Lakers Twitter was very optimistic going into this game. 
I just, I just had this feeling. Uh, I was like, man, the Warriors are playing really good basketball and the Lakers are good, but they're not playing as well right now. And I thought there was a real, t- I told Rod, I told, I just sent out a tweet that I said, I thought it was 60, 40 Lakers. It was my chip, my pick for the game. And I thought mm-hmm. it was that close to being a coin flip. And, and it was just because of my respect for Steph and my respect for Draymond and Steve Kerr and that defense. And, and uh, so that just added this whole layer of like dread <laughs> throughout, throughout the game um, because it was, they were actually threatened by a team that really went out their necks in a, in a, in a game that they had to win. Um, and, uh, it, I agree with you. I, I couldn't have said it better than you, Maples. I just thought it was great night of basketball, man. That's what we live for as fans, baby. Hell yeah. Um, Maples, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, all of you guys who hung out with us here over the last hour, I sincerely appreciate it. Immediately yeah. after I close the space, I'll, uh, get the screen recording up in a podcast format so you can catch the whole thing. Um, Raj and I sincerely appreciate all you guys, you know, kind of, just hanging with us through these last couple of weeks. And I'm thankful to say that we will have at least one series of playoff basketball uh, to cover with you guys as well. Yep. We plan to do this after every game as well. So um, I guess we'll see you on Sunday. We will see you all on Sunday.